most often, the brightest smiles come from those who have struggled the most. Let's open up and talk about what's really going on behind the smile. And sometimes, it's okay to fake it until we make it. I'm Bonnie Woodrick. Join me to gain insight on how many of us hide behind the smile to get through painful and difficult times. My podcast is a safe place where others can share their stories and discuss how opening up rather than hiding behind a smile allows for growth and happiness. Many of us have witnessed the incredible smile our first guest has displayed on several monumental occasions. Tara Lipinski, Olympic gold medalist in figure skating, broke records as the youngest to win figure skating competitions, including her Olympic gold medal and world figure skating title. She was the first woman to complete her signature jump, a triple loop, triple loop combination in competition. Since retiring her skates, Tara has appeared in television shows as an actress and has commentated for two Olympics and serves as a primary commentator for the sport on NBC. I'm happy to welcome Tara Lipinski via Zoom. Tara, it's so great to see you after all of these years. You just have had such a special place in my heart, and I've watched you from such a young girl grow up into such a beautiful young woman. So tell us what you've been up to since winning that Olympic gold medal, because a lot of people want to know. I know it, it's been a while, so I feel like I've sometimes lived two different lives in one. And, you know, just kind of looking back, I was so young when I won the Olympics at 15. And then I really had to sort of figure out after the win what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. You know, I had such a singular goal that I worked for every single day, day in and day out. And then I achieved it at a very young age. And I do feel that I was really lucky to be skating at the time that I was, where skating was very popular and there was so much opportunity. And I was able to um, join Stars on Ice and join other shows that really gave me the professional life of a skater. And I did that for many years. And then I definitely transitioned out of that. I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to skate for the rest of my life. Um, And then there was a few years of, okay, what am I doing here? What am I getting into next? And, you know, I had worked with a lot of networks. So there was a little acting, there was a little hosting. And then I really fell into something that I love so much and is is my full-time career now as broadcaster. So uh, I commentate all the figure skating for NBC. And um, now Johnny and I, my partner in crime in all of this, we... um, We feel really blessed and lucky and grateful that with NBC Sports, we're able to do do work outside of skating. So we work with the Summer Olympics, the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, and then beyond that, you know, I have a bunch of other things that I I have in the works. Uh, My husband and I just started, um, he's a director, and we just started working together. So we have a project coming up that we're working on together for the first time. So I mean, you know me, I'm always trying to do something yes. and never, never wanting to sit still. So that was a long answer of what I've been up to, but it has been, you know, many, many years. It has been many years. And, you know, back in the, the time when I traveled with you to several states on one of your tours, you know, I saw such discipline in you, in your diet, in your exercise, you know, carrying your own food, your own exercise ball. And I knew that that you had such determination in you. But in the back of my mind, I always wondered how are you ever going to top if you have to top? And maybe that's not the right thing, that Olympic gold medal at such a young age. And you certainly have done that. 
I mean, it's definitely a difficult transition. And I think, you know, a lot of Olympians struggle with that period after their competitive and amateur career is over. And um, again, I was so young, I almost feel like I, I was lucky. It wasn't like I was 25, I was 15. So Um, I was able to adjust, I think, a little bit easier because I had to just start over and figure it out. And I kind of was doing it with everyone else, but, you know, blessed enough to be able to skate in different ways than just on competitive ice. Um, But a lot of skaters don't have that opportunity anymore. So I, I don't think anything really will top that feeling that I had every single day for that one goal that I wanted so, so badly. Of course, I have so many goals now and I'm so fulfilled in other ways. But, you know, if you really break it down, it's crazy to think that at 15, I sort of reached that peak and then had to to figure out what else to do. You know, commentating and live TV sort of give me that same adrenaline rush that I had when I skated, which I think I was always searching for. Yeah. Well, and you see, <laughs> couldn't do anything normal. You have to do something like a little high pressure. <laughs> right. Well, it seems um, so natural for you, you know. And I think maybe having that that platform at such a young age and brought you to that applause and recognition, you know, truly was probably a part of your drive to be able to do more. And you do seem very natural, and it's been so fun watching you and watching your new partner in crime, Johnny. Yes. I mean, you, <laughs> you two are quite the fashionistas, so so that's really fun Good to <laughs> really fun to see. So I want to talk a little bit about you know being so so young. Did you have any anxiety or fears that young when you were competing at such a high level? Yes, I definitely did. And I think I didn't even actually understand it or realize the type of anxiety um, and pressure I was under while it was happening. You know, I feel like I just thought anxiety was for other people. You know, I'm an athlete, I'm supposed to be mentally strong. And um, looking back now, I'm so interested in the psychological sort of component of sports and especially what athletes are, the type of pressure they're put under. So, you know, looking back now, I've done a lot of searching and thinking and reflecting. And I think that, you know, I just didn't realize how anxious I was. I'm naturally a very type A, you know, meticulous, everything. You know, I laugh that I I have that OCD quality that I think athletes sometimes need to have to get back up and continually do the same thing for years and years and years, just hoping and wishing on a four minute program that it's going to work out there. There's definitely a certain mindset you have to have for that. So I think that looking back, I definitely was very anxious and it's just interesting how your mind works, but I just sort of placed it in other areas and pushed it away from actually acknowledging it. And I don't think that was probably the best thing, but at the time it got me through you know, I focused so hard on the training and more training and sort of obsessively training to build that confidence and suppress the anxiety. Well, I think at, at 15 years old, are you even really aware of what anxiety is and how much is just like the natural nerves of your competition and the natural nerves of, of that four minute routine, right? Yes. And that's what I, you know, maybe I didn't explain it well, but I feel like that's exactly it. I just really didn't at 15 know. And I just thought, well, this is 
everyone gets nervous when they skate. Everyone overthinks it at night. Everyone wakes up in a little bit of a panic. Everyone, you know, feels like they're going to throw up going into a job, you <laughs> yeah. know, but that's, it's not necessarily true. And at 15, you just don't understand yeah. it. So now that you have, uh, you understand it and you're out there doing very public things on a very, very large platform, are you still feeling that anxiety or is it more like a nervous excitement now? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. It dawned on me when I started commentating because I've always been, I'm a, definitely am a worry wart that gets very nervous. I was never, I always thought I was the exception in skating because I thought, again, athletes are meant to be these strong powerhouses that can mentally push through anything. And I always wondered and doubted myself a lot. And I thought, why do I doubt myself so much? You know, I look around and, you know, I thought, I mean, I'm sure other skaters were experiencing the same things, but to my eyes, they looked so confident and it came so easy. And I wondered why did this seem so hard? Why was I so nervous? Why did I overthink and doubt? And I just constantly was doubting myself. You know, I would even play mind games in my head before a jump of like, you're going to fall on it. And I would be like, why am I even thinking these thoughts? Like no one else does this. Like what's wrong with me? Um, and then, you know, it wasn't until my career was over and I really struggled with that. I feel like the the hardest part for me was when I was 13, I sort of made a big splash and, and then was competing with all these senior ladies. And I was just a little 13 year old and sort of thrown into the spotlight and the nerves really hit me. And that's when I started dealing with that and working with a sports psychologist. But throughout my entire career, I struggled with that. And it wasn't until I started commentating when I had tried a bunch of different things, trying to figure out what's next for me in life. And then I realized I just was so drawn to commentating live television. And then when I started doing it, I started thinking, Tara, like the first day you put on the headset and it's, it's much harder than you think. And you have people in your ear and you're it's live and you're creating and uh, these stories. And, and it's so important that these athletes are represented to the audience in the right way. And it was just so overwhelming. And I was, again, just again, anxiety of like, this feels like skating. And it's so funny that a switch just sort of flipped in my head and I realized, oh my goodness, like I crave this in a way. And I also thrive and I do better under more pressure. And I started realizing that there were higher stakes when everyone was watching, when it was like the biggest event, whether it was for skating or commentating. I just had this laser focus, even though I was nervous, I had this laser focus that made me do my best over something that had less stakes. And it just, you know, looking back, the same thing happened with skating, the, the competitions that weren't as, as important, I would sort of make mistakes, but I was flawless and I was in this peak form whenever the stakes were the highest and I was most nervous. So it, it was sort of this awakening that was, um, it was so reassuring and it changed my sort I think it's like anxiety in general. Like once you understand what it is, it, there's nothing to be fearful of. Um, and if anything, now I, I, if I'm not nervous, I'm like, I got to get nervous. Like that's, that's how I'm good. I need to be nervous. Yeah. And being nervous is okay. I mean, that's a natural thing that we right. all go through whenever there's something new, but it's interesting how you're able to go compare that being an Olympic gold medalist to being the commentator and how really those high nerves, those high stakes got you to your best performance. Yeah, it's, I've just sort of learned that about myself that, you know, when I do get nervous or I have a little bit of that anxiety and the doubts start sort of playing in my mind, I start to hone in and I sort of get this laser focus that I had as a skater. And I think that I've applied to 
this career as well. Yeah. So working with side by side next to Johnny, and I'm assuming that he's pretty funny and keeps you on your toes and and makes you laugh. Does that help calm your anxiety? Yes. I mean, you know, and also now I've been doing it 10 years. So, you know, I feel like it's pretty much all fun now. And of course you get nervous for the big events, but it's so nice to work with someone who's your best friend. And also, you know, in sports, it's not always like that. People, especially, you know, both of us came from individual sports where we come in, we do our own job and that's it. And, you know, you're really focused on your performance, what you're going to say, you know, how do you come across the best And that's something that Johnny and I, from the very start, just never experienced. It became a team right away. And I think that that's rare in figure skating. And um, to know, you know, we know each other. I mean, I don't even have to look. I know when he's going to speak. I know we don't jump on each other because I know him so well. And I think we also sort of cater to each other's strengths and weaknesses to fill in for each other. And make sure, you know, I know what he's best at. So if we're planning out what to do, even if I have a great thought, I'm like, no, 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 Johnny needs to take this. He's going to shine here and vice versa. So to have a work environment like that is, um, I think, special and rare. And um, it makes it so much fun. And we're friends. So we have a ton of inside jokes and um, we're always laughing. And it's really, I mean the best job. (laughs) Yeah, it really looks like the best job. And you both seem so natural and comfortable with it. So it's been a lot of fun watching you, Tara. But I want to go back. I want to go back to how we met and about 17 years ago. Well, we met probably 20 years ago, but about 17 years ago when I lost my husband and I sent a letter to everyone that, that we knew telling everyone that I lost my husband to depression. And I remember, I think it was about a month later, you called me. And you called me because you were traveling and you didn't get home and, and you went back to Texas where you were, your parents, I believe, were living at the time. Mm-hmm. And you called me and you expressed your condolences. And I was just talking to you about it. And I just remember this so vividly because it's carried with me and it's in my book. When I was talking about how the night before my husband told me that he could never do that and that being attempting suicide. But the next day he did. And you said to me, you said, Bonnie, I can explain that to you. And I remember like it yesterday because it was such a pivotal moment in my grief. And that was the moment changed. That night, he couldn't do that to you. But in the morning, and I don't know if you can remember this conversation at all. I mean, it was you were so much younger. You said, in the morning, you get those feelings all over again of, oh, am I going to make it? Am I going to get through? And those three words is now in my book, which is going very well in doing its purpose in, in terms of letting people know that they're not alone. But I've used those three words so often in my support groups, and I never shared with anyone that those three words came from you until I asked your permission to use them in in my book. How does that make you feel that all of these years later, and maybe that this is the true reason why we connected way back then, is to truly make a difference in in explaining about mental health and suicide and and moments change. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like hearing this, it gives me chills because it's like, you know, as an adult, you know, someone that is 
grieving a loss such as that, you know, I would think, I I don't know what to say to someone. I don't, you know, I would be afraid to say the wrong thing and I I would want to be there in the right way. But I guess when you're a kid, you don't, I probably didn't think twice about saying, oh no, I know I can tell you why. And thank God, whatever I said, you know, resonated. And it was my honest truth in the moment of me wanting to help. But also, you know, I think it's interesting to think too of like the connections you have with people and why they come in your life and sort of the fate of that. So it definitely gives me chills when I hear you talk about that. Thank you for just allowing me to share that because I lead support groups now for those that have lost a loved one to depression or addiction or whatever mental health illness that they're suffering from. And that is the most common thing said to me is that they told me they wouldn't do it. And I said, it's three words. The moment changed. In that moment, no, they could never do that to their family. So I just really need to thank you and the so many other people that you have helped because of it that you don't even know. And it's so crazy that something I said 17 years ago had an impact. I mean, I know. Isn't that crazy? And that I remember it so vividly because at that moment, that's when it clicked for me. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting in all phases of life and different forms of grief and how there is those pivotal moments that help your brain think about something in a different way that stops some of the cycle or, you know, lessens the pain and and moves you into that next phase. But when I got your email, I, you know, obviously at first I, I didn't remember, you know, having this conversation, um, but it definitely sounds like me because at the time, I mean, I think that that was very true for waking up in the morning and feeling these emotions and sort of that feeling come over me again of fear and of how am I going to do this? And it's so much pressure. So, but I'm so glad you reached out and told me that story. Now it's in in a book and it's for everyone to read about. And I just so appreciate that. And I think that you're right. I mean, we never know the impact that we're going to have on someone. We never know that this whole, was it serendipity that we were, you know, brought into that skating world at that time and for me to get to know you and and then all of these years later to have this huge impact. I never thought I would write a book, that I'd have a podcast, that I have a nonprofit organization. And to have people validate your feelings and your thoughts, and especially with people that have a platform like you do, it truly, truly means so much. So thank you. I want to thank you for that. And um, okay, if you could leave our guests, because the name of the podcast is Behind the Smile. We all have it. And you know, when you're out on that rink and you're smiling, people don't know of all of those nerves that you may be experiencing. What's some advice that you could give to them on, you know what, we all have this anxiety behind our smile? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like I said, I I dealt with anxiety at a very young age. I think I was in a sport that the type of pressure I was under was extreme. And again, at 12, 13, 14, 15, you just really don't understand it. And then looking back, sometimes I think, how did I get through it? How did I do that? But I think I definitely learned so much about myself of understanding that, yes, I definitely struggle 
with anxiety. And then in my 20s, when I sort of started facing that, you know, I think at first I just didn't want to. I was this athlete. I used to just think that's nerves, (laughs) you know, like that's the normal part of life as an athlete. But then, you know, for me, the biggest awakening for me was that it goes away, you know, that if I live with it, whatever the momentary anxiety or fear is, I can double that by being like that hamster in a wheel or I can ride it out. And I have learned from experience that it goes away. You know, you ride it out long enough. You're not afraid of this mysterious thing and you just understand it's part of you. It's the way that you work. It's the way that your mind ticks. And for me, just riding it out whenever I have it, the biggest trick for me is, oh, great. Okay. Well, it's, it, it's going to go away at some point. Yes. <laughs> you know, my, my mind is going to, you know, stop the cycle at some point if I let it happen if I don't fight it, if I don't fight these thoughts and just understand that it's part of who I am and and embrace it in a weird way. (laughs) Well, you know, I think I just got my next three words from you. And that's, it goes away. Yeah. Three more powerful words (laughs) from you. So that's probably going to be used here. You're probably going to, you know, I'm probably going to be quoting you on that. (laughs) I know it's three. It's, you know what, because you're small, but mighty girl, you are small, (laughs) but mighty. So let's just, you know, finish up. Well, tell me a little bit about your personal life. I know that you married the love of your life and you guys are having a great time. What are you doing for fun? Um, well, you know, I waited pretty long. I found him though. Um, I was, I, I was waiting and he, he came into my life at the right time. And it's it, again, one of those fateful moments. I was uh, working with NBC at the sports Emmys and presenting award on behalf of NBC. And my husband had won that award, a sports Emmy, and I handed it to him. So we have this picture, but I didn't even, you know, meet him or know him that night. And, and then a few weeks later, we realized that his aunt, Chris Jansen, who I know from NBC, we have that person in common. So we we met up and then six months later, we were engaged and a year and a half married and we traveled. I love to travel. So we traveled a lot. He hadn't traveled that much. So I, I really showed him the world as, as much as I could. And, you know, it's just we're in L.A. We're, we're kind of looking into that next phase of building a family and finding a home. And we got a dog this summer and. So just, you know, living life in a pandemic is interesting. So a lot of one-on-one time and a lot of puppy time. Um, but yeah, that's sort of where where we're at, thinking about that next phase, which is is very exciting. Yeah, well, I can see you right now. And the look of the smile on your face is just absolutely beautiful. So I'm so Aww. happy that you have found happy and Thank that you're, you. you're getting through. And it's so good to see you. I'm so grateful to know you. Um, uh, same here. And um, I'm definitely going to keep in touch and I keep my eye on you on NBC Sports. And yes. thank you so much for joining us today, Tara. I really, really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. All right. We'll chat with you soon. Okay. Bye. Life brings us many experiences and people in our lives. We never really know the impact that we can have through our words, even with three simple words spoken almost two decades ago. The moment changed. Thank you, Tara, for sharing your wisdom and your truth and for allowing us to see that even behind the biggest smiles, there are feelings of anxiety and fear. But as Tara experienced in her three words, it goes away. 
Feelings of anxiety are a natural part of each and everyone's lives. We have all experienced anxiety in some form or fashion. It's normal, and sometimes our anxiety pushes us to be the best we can be, just as it did for Tara. But if you are experiencing overwhelming thoughts or anxiety, or if your anxiety lasts longer than two weeks, please talk to your doctor, seek treatment. Help is available at mentalhelp.net. Special thanks to Stuart Poltrock and Soundpost Studios for making us sound so good. And also, we love Big B Coffee during our podcast sessions. Thank you for allowing us to buy one, give one to start the conversation.